DiscerningHearts.com presents Regnum Novum, bringing forth the new evangelization through Catholic social teaching with Deacon Omar Gutierrez. Deacon Gutierrez studied theology at the Franciscan University of Steubenville and at the Angelicum in Rome. He holds a master's degree in theology from the University of Dallas. He has worked for the church in various capacities, including as a teacher and administrator, and is currently on the faculty of the School of Faith. His expertise includes Catholic social teaching, and his writings on the subject have appeared in several national Catholic newspapers and periodicals. He's the author of The Urging of Christ's Love, The Saints, and The Social Teaching of the Catholic Church. Regnum Novum, bringing forth the new evangelization through Catholic social teaching with Deacon Omar Gutierrez. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome, Omar. Thanks, Chris. Great to be back. We're now at a unique point here in the compendium of the social doctrine of the church. Yeah, this chapter is actually a part of a, a new part, a whole new part in the compendium. We, we saw part one. Right, goes over principles in part two, where he starts applying it into specific areas of our life, uh, labor and, and the environment and and uh, and peace and international issues. And here in the third part, we finally kind of get to this question of how do we actually apply this to our lives as Catholics in the church, as bishops, priests, lay people, consecrated persons, brothers, sisters, etc. How do we live this out? And so this. It's this chapter that really starts getting kind of specific about what we can do as church. What are the church's obligations and, and how do we go forward? And so, and in this first section, which we want to talk about in this episode, it narrows it down to pastoral action in the social. What is the, the work of the church as a pastor, uh, a shepherd? So what are the works of the bishops and, and priests who, who work for him? What is that obligation? What should we be doing, etc.? And it starts off sort of uh, touching on what we talked about at the very, very beginning of the compendium, what, what you and I, Chris, talked about at the very beginning of this whole series, and that is the sort of the, the beginning stages of why we have Catholic social teaching in the first place. What role does the church have in, in saying this? You brought this question up a number of times throughout our conversations. You know, why is the church commenting on this anyway? Well, in the very first paragraph in this section, 521, it says that the church, in fact, does have something to say about specific human situations, individual and communal, national, international. It says she formulates a genuine doctrine for these situations, a corpus, a body of work, uh, which enables her to analyze social realities, to make judgments, to indicate directions for the just resolution of the problems involved. The church is, in, is, is part of the world. The church is, exists in history. And this is kind of the whole message of the Second Vatican Council, too, that beautiful document, Garim et Spes, the joy and hope and, and sorrows and distresses of people, which is uh, the English title of that document, The Church in the Modern World. The Second Vatican Council proclaims the church cares, is invested, desires to be able to serve the, the people of the church more readily, uh, to serve the culture more readily, to serve the world more readily in history, because that's where she lives and because her, her interest is in the human person. Which is why, uh, in this in this first section of the chapter, it says sort of the the very central, foundational launching point for how we approach Catholic social teaching or how we approach uh, living the social sphere as Catholics is that fundamental dignity of the human person, that that integral vision of of the human person that's not just social or economic or physical, but also spiritual and psychological, and all of that means. 
the church has something to say and has something to say that's unique because the church is an expert in humanity. The church has been around for over 2,000 years now. And, and so it's time for us uh, to be able to sort of take our proper role on the international stage and say, we know a thing or two about the human person and let's teach the world, let's defend the dignity of the human person in order to be able to properly uh, fulfill our duty towards man in the, in the current age. It's really at the very, very heart, and I mean the very center of the new evangelization because it's from this each individual seed and maybe each little nugget that those members of this great body of Christ, how we live it out will be the greatest witness to the faith. And that's what the doctrine is trying to help us to be able to do authentically, isn't it? Well, yeah, that, that's it. And I'm glad you brought up I mean, the, the, this is part of the new evangelization. The, our, the whole the subtitle of our series, right, is Catholic Social Teaching, the New Evangelization. The, when, when you do a search for the phrase new evangelization in the compendium, <clears throat> it shows up just a few times. Only one time does it, does it, is, is it referred to outside of this chapter. Every single other reference to the new evangelization uh, is here in chapter 12 because this is where this is where the church really understands that as our, our obligation to evangelize, our obligation for, for mission, is founded on this, this uh, notion that we actually have to witness this thing we believe in out in the world. This vision of the human person that we have, this integral vision, this, it refers to, it uses this phrase several times, this Christian anthropology. And anthropology just means the study of man, the study of the human person. This Christian anthropology uh, is something that sets us apart from other approaches to humanitarianism or, or social care or civic responsibility, etc. And because it sets us apart, because it's unique, we have an obligation to talk about it and live it out in the various things we do. This is what the new evangelization uh, involves. This is what we need to remind people about, uh, especially in the West. I was actually having lunch with somebody the other day, and they, they turned to me. He's been Catholic for all his life, and he's very involved with the Catholic Church. And he just turned to me, and he said, Omar, what is all this talk about the new evangelization we always hear about? Like, I don't understand what that's referring to. And, and what I explained was that uh, as John Paul II was reminding uh, Christians, Catholics specifically, uh, about our obligation to, to, to mission and to bring the, 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 the message of the gospel all over the world, we, we're not giving that up. He said that there are some parts of the world that have been evangelized already. We think of, of the West and Europe and the United States and Canada and other places, but over time have forgotten their Christian roots. Um, and the, the news stories could be repeated uh, ad nauseum, sadly, about the various ways that Western nations uh, have violated and uh, undermined the proper understanding of uh, Christian anthropology, the proper understanding of the dignity of the human person. Abortion is just one of the more obvious examples. When we look at euthanasia, the way we treat the elderly, the, the way we, we manage to spend money on all sorts of frivolous things while the poor are suffering, all those things are symptoms of the, the our having gotten away in the West from our, our Christian roots. So John Paul II wrote in a document in the early 80s, he said, um, we have to re-evangelize, we have to engage a new evangelization to remind the West, remind these Christian countries of the West with a Christian tradition uh, where their roots are really, are really founded in this, this uh, foundational understanding of the human person. And it's an understanding that, that's rooted not just in philosophy, but in an encounter with a God who became one of us. That that's the center. And so this new evangelization that we want to live, uh, that social teaching is going to help us live, 
is is founded on that that fundamental teaching about who Jesus is. He's the God who became one of us, and that fact raises the dignity of the human person so that we can say with confidence that no matter what you've done or where you are or what you look like or what you believe or how much money you have or any of that business, no matter who you are, you are loved and you have dignity and we have an obligation to defend your dignity in the public square. It's spelled out in the compendium that God saves every person and the whole person Hmm. in Jesus Christ. Now, I, I emphasize that, and, and it's talking about the new evangelization. It, God saves every person and the whole person in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That understanding, it's through him, with him, in him. That he is the center, not only of the discussion, not only of the teaching, he is the center in the Christian heart. That is really key at getting to the discernment of what a person, a Christian, is being called to do in response to the situations they find themselves in. That's exactly right. That, that has to be the, the center in Christ Jesus. Uh, in fact, there's a, there's a beautiful line in paragraph 524 um, where it's talking about this important understanding of the, of the human person, uh, that the church exists within history. I'm reminded of that beautiful line from Father Jean Danielou, the great theologian of the 20th century who who said, I'm in love with the church mud-splashed with history. You have a church that's in history. And then uh, the uh, paragraph 524 goes on, and it says she, the church does so. It, it, uh, it applies the social teaching in concrete circumstances in such a way that faith enlightens them so that they can understand the truth that, quote, true liberation consists in opening oneself to the love of Christ. When we talk about liberation, liberation theology, which was a, a kind of a... a, a a strand of, of theology, a social justice approach, uh, very popular in the 70s and in the 80s, and even today in certain circles. But sometimes uh, more radical forms of liberation theology forget this fact, that true liberation consists in opening oneself to the love of Christ, not just some general love of neighbor, but it has to be rooted in Christ, just as you're saying, in him, with him, through him. That's what makes this important. That's what makes it absolutely uh, uh, separate from any other efforts. And you also mentioned the word salvation. Right? The purpose of this whole thing, the purpose of social teaching, is not just to build a just society. We'll actually talk about this in the conclusion here a couple episodes from now, but the, the purpose of this whole thing is the salvation of the human person, is the integral development of the person uh, so they can reach their full uh, vocation, their full uh, fulfillment as a human being. Well, we as Catholics believe that total fulfillment means holiness, means sanctity, means salvation. We become more fully ourselves when we are in heaven. We become the best versions of ourselves when we get to heaven. So uh, we can't forget, we always have to remind ourselves that this, this question of the social teaching has to be about our salvation, has to be centered on Christ Jesus, has to be about proclaiming the gospel. Again, um, the, the, the compendium talks about the pro- proclamation of the gospel as the context for applying social teaching and then placing the gospel message uh, in our lives and then planning our actions around those, the, our, our lives in the context of the Holy Gospel, and then making sure we live our lives in the context of a Christian morality which is rooted in the Gospel. I mean, they say it over and over and over again. In paragraph 526 it says, in proclaiming the Gospel, the social dimension is an essential and unavoidable, but not the only dimension. 
Uh, but it says in proclaiming the gospel, we have to live the social teaching. It goes both ways. When we talk about social teaching, we have to talk about the gospel. But when we talk about the gospel, we also have to talk about social teaching. We'll return to Regnum Novum with Omar Gutierrez in just a moment. Did you know that you can obtain a free app which contains all your favorite Discerning Hearts programs? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Archbishop George Lucas, Father Mauritius Fildi, and so many more, including episodes from Inside the Pages, can be obtained on the Discerning Hearts free app. This also includes all the novenas and devotionals and prayers, including the Holy Rosary and Stations of the Cross, the Chaplet of St. Michael, and the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady, all available on the Discerning Hearts free app. Visit the iTunes and Google Play app stores to obtain your free Discerning Hearts app today. The Memorari Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to Regnum Novum with Omar Gutierrez. Part of what we have attempted to do in that response to that new evangelization call is to ultimately respond to that very, I think, very forceful section in the compendium, uh, paragraph 529, that says Mm -hmm. the formative value of the church's social doctrine should receive more attention in catechesis. It will go Mm -hmm. on to to quote St. John Paul II, in saying that the ultimate aim of catechesis is to put people not only in touch, but in communion and intimacy with Jesus Christ. Amen. That is so much more, you know, when we talk about catechesis, sometimes, especially for the adult that may have missed that generation or two that did not have the type of formation that just the heart of the church would have cried out for, that... In that catechesis, we we sometimes focus a little bit more on 
the learning of scripture, which is very important, and yeah. maybe an apologetic to be able to reclaim or sustain the faith, which is very important. But the element of social teaching, I mean, it seems to me that when you're being implored, that it must be a part of catechesis and that it helps to bring you intimacy with Jesus Christ. It can't be overlooked, can it, Omar? No, it can't be. And uh, actually, um, I'll point out, not just in that uh, paragraph, which I, want, I do want to touch on more, but in the previous paragraph, where it talks about the, the social teaching being a, 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 an integral part of Christian formation, um, at the end of that paragraph, the compendium says, this doctrinal patrimony, that is this, this um, uh, treasure of teachings that we have from the church that touch on how we live our lives in the real world, this doctrinal patrimony is neither taught nor known sufficiently. <laughs> which is part of the reason for its failure to be suitably reflected in concrete behavior. I mean, the compendium is essentially saying nobody's teaching this. Nobody's forming people in this. And that's why this compendium exists. That's why John Paul II asked for it to have been written. And that's why he, uh, Pope John Paul II talks about it in, in a particular document from 1979. So that quote you quoted from St. John Paul II in paragraph 529, uh, where he says the ultimate aim of catechesis is, quote, to put people not only in touch but in communion, in intimacy with Jesus Christ. That quote comes from a document from 1979 called Catechesi Tridende, which was an apostolic exhortation on, on catechesis in the new millennium. After Second Vatican Council and after all the reforms that we had happened, what is catechesis going to look like in this, this new world we have as Catholics uh, as, as we, we take a, a larger profile on the, on the world stage? And in that uh, document, in paragraph 29 of that document, he says, when we engage in catechesis, we can't forget some very essential things. First of all, we can't forget that we have to proclaim that Jesus was God, right? Uh, and that he said that counter those who wanted to turn Jesus into kind of like a, a wise sage or philosopher. Then Pope John Paul II said, and we can't forget that the church is his mediator, right? Now, the church isn't just some sort of a club that we belong to, a social club, but it actually mediates the very presence of Christ for that intimacy he's, he's talking about. And the third thing he says we can't forget is we can't forget to teach Catholic social teaching. <laughs> we can't forget to pass that on to people. So the three things, Jesus is God, the church is his mediator, and we should know Catholic social teaching. And Pope John Paul II was just one of many popes, Pope Pius XI, who we've talked before about, now, he made it very clear that it's a responsibility of bishops to form priests and it's a responsibility of priests to form the laity. Pope John XXIII talks about the insistence that Catholic social teaching should be in our, our Catholic schools, that our young people should learn how to live Catholic social teaching. It should be an integral part of catechesis, an integral part of catechesis, not something just we add on, not attack on, not an elective, and, and not part of our own personal sort of uh, spirituality either, like, I'm a Marian Catholic, and you're a Franciscan, you're a Benedictine, and I'm into social justice. No, no, no. This is fundamental to who we are as Catholics. This is not optional. This is something that really should be at the heart of who we are and why. Why? Not because we have some sort of political agenda. Why? Because, very specifically because, it's a part of catechesis. It's a part of, of, uh, of knowing that intimacy, having that intimacy with Christ. Real Catholic social teaching comes out of that relationship with Jesus. And if that's the case, and we know that to be true, 
then this living it out, this living the social teaching, isn't just optional. It's not a, an elective we can we can choose to take or, or, or leave. We have to live it. It's part of who we are as Catholics. It's because it's so important that we should feel almost assaulted in a very real way, maybe even verbally assaulted, when commentators some of them Catholic, who may not even realize what they're saying, because again, they've lacked a sufficient catechesis formation themselves, take what seems as the social doctrine of the church and misstates it, mm. abuses it, in, in essence, in the media, and portrays it as something that it really isn't. No, you're absolutely right. And, and, and the reason why, let me just explain, the reason why it should offend us, I think the reason why we, should, we can have a kind of righteous offense, righteous anger over it, uh, not in judgmentalism, no, uh, but we, we, we can be offended. We should be vocal about that offense precisely because when that happens, as you explained, somebody takes Catholic social teaching and they use it for their own purposes to advance their own agenda. When that happens, they're doing violence the very understanding of who we believe Jesus is. They're doing violence to what we believe Jesus taught us, that it's not about the politics of things. It's not about advancing a merely just society. It's about advancing and creating, sustaining a civilization of love. And when we have those either politicians or talking heads or whomever, or our neighbor, our friend, or coworker, whoever it might be, who tries to twist or use Catholic social teaching for their own devices, they do violence to our teaching. They do violence to the very fun foundation of who we are as Catholics and what we believe as Christians because it's, it's connected to Christ Jesus. That, that's precisely why. Which, of course, then makes it uh, that much more, I mean, along with that offense that you mentioned, it makes it that much more incumbent upon us as, as the lady and as bishops and priests, too, who might be listening, uh, to defend the Church's true social teaching, to form ourselves in the Church's true social teaching so that when those things happen, we can stand up and say, no, that's not the Church's social teaching. This really is what it is because this is what Christ taught us. Uh, you know, in, in paragraph 531, where it, it starts, starts to break down what this formation should look like, I think it's interesting that the, the compendium says there are two levels of formation uh, for, the lay, for the laity. Uh, the first level, it says, is our, our duties of daily life. That's the first level. Uh, let me just read what it says in paragraph 531. The first level of the formation of lay Christians should be to help them to become capable of meeting their daily activities effectively in the cultural, social, economic, and political spheres and to develop in them a sense of duty that is at the service of the common good. So the first level is not grand political projects or transforming the world. The first level is how do we behave as Christians in our daily lives? How am I being as a father? How am I being as a husband? How am I being as a, as a co-worker or as a neighbor? How am I acting in those daily, uh, daily things? That's where we should start. That's the first level. And then the compendium says the second level concerns the formation of a political conscience in order to prepare lay Christians to uh, exercise political power. Then only after the first, then do we get to the situation where we now start to, to form Christians so we can engage in political activities uh, and, and try to help uh, form our laws. But it has to be rooted in that, that daily. Um, and I think we'll see in our next episode when we start talking about the spirituality of, of social teaching and, and for the laity, we'll see how that plays out. Omar, I think there's a term that maybe you and I, because we've been involved in, in ministry for quite some time, maybe take for granted that for those out there listening, it could 
be of value to kind of more clearly define, and that is pastoral activity. Mm-hmm. What exactly is that? Is that just for pastors? Is that just for people in the church to do, or is there something more in that phrase? There is something more, uh, but it certainly starts with our pastors, with our bishops and priests. The uh, the pastor comes from uh, the Latin word that, that we have for shepherd. And so when we talk about pastoral activity, we do sort of start first with the activity of the bishop. But we, we understand, though, and part of our theology understands that when we're baptized, we're baptized into a priesthood, into a kingship, and into a prophetic, uh, um, a charismatic prophetic grace, uh, at our baptisms that empowers us and encourages us and actually binds us, right? We have a duty to this, binds us to performing priestly, kingly, and prophetic actions in our daily lives as lay people. Those realities of, our, of who we are as Christians come from uh, the grace of baptism but are ordered oftentimes uh, and, and encouraged by our bishops and priests, etc. Um, in, uh, in, in a number of the... Um, uh, uh, paragraphs it talks about the bishop's responsibilities and, and the formation that's responsible for that. Um, their responsibility is essentially to help shepherd the people towards heaven. That, that's his job. But he requires, because he's just one man, he requires the help of his priests, but also the help of the laity to help bring that about. Pastoral activity uh, should be seen as an activity of the entire church. And we are part of the church. Something our, our good holy Pope Francis has, has mentioned a couple of times is that um, the vast majority of the church are the laity, right? Pastoral activity is activity that the laity should be involved in as well because it's our responsibility not just to pastor, you know, not just to, to work towards our own salvation, but to help others work toward our salvation. And we think about the question of vocation, uh, oftentimes we, we think about uh, the vocation to the priesthood or the consecrated life or priest, a sister or a brother, but the married life is a vocation. And in the married life, our obligation is to help pastor our spouse and our children, should we be blessed with them, into heaven. And as uh, in our obligation towards our society, we have an obligation to pastor our neighbors, our co-workers, our, our fellow citizens to heaven as well. Pastoral activity, you know, starts perhaps uh, or is fed by the pastoral activity of the bishop and his priests. But it, it goes. The purpose of that is to go out into the world so that we can be pastors as well for the rest of, of society. And and of course, this is going to mean that priests and bishops should be formed and gather social teaching as well, which is part of what the compendium talks about. But the, this is missionary work in paragraph 538. It actually says the entire people of God has a role to play as the church fulfills her mission. That mission of bringing people to Jesus and ultimately to heaven, uh, we all have a role to play in that. And so the duty to proclaim and bear witness to the gospel and the awareness that missionary activity is a matter for all Christians, that's part of, of what we have to do. Pastoral work in the social sector also is also meant for all Christians. And the compendium is really very clear about this. We are all required to engage in this because, I mean, and let's just be frank, Part, if if part of Catholic social teaching is defending our understanding of the, the dignity of the human person, you and I know very well, Chris, I'm sure a lot of our listeners know, how much that dignity is being uh, attacked in our society. From pornography and the way we view women, and, and, and pornography can be not just in its obvious forms, but also in music, film, how we're so nonchalant about the way we denigrate people and use people, both men and women, by the way, 
for our own uh, desires, for our own uh, uh, wants and whims, uh, abortion, euthanasia, and, and on and on and on. Our society has a horrible understanding of the dignity of the human person within certain fields. Uh, and so it's incumbent upon all of us to stand up and defend that understanding, that Christian understanding, that Christian anthropology uh, of the human person uh, so that we can safeguard human dignity. And, and that's pastoring too. There's so much more to discuss even in this very rich chapter of the compendium of the church's social doctrine. But in conclusion of this particular conversation, any final thoughts? Yes, uh, it's uh, toward the end of the section, it gets a little specific about the bishop's responsibility and, and the priest's responsibility in formation. And here it says something that's really very beautiful. I think we cannot emphasize enough, and I hope we'll be able to talk about more about it in the next episode. Um, but we talk about this uh, in paragraph 539, it says this, Through the celebration of the sacraments, especially Eucharist and reconciliation, the priest helps the faithful to live their social commitment as a fruit of the mystery of salvation. The, the primary way, and it's certainly not the only way, but the primary way that our bishops and priests help us as laity live social teaching in the world is by providing us the Eucharist and the wonderful, beautiful sacrament of penance and reconciliation. Friends, if we are not taking advantage of those sacraments and the graces that we can get from those sacraments, we cannot hope to possibly be able to live Catholic social teaching as we ought to be living it. It has to be rooted in that intimacy with Christ, as we talked about at the beginning of this episode. And, and we as Catholics, the way we encounter Christ most intimately is when we, we receive him in the Eucharist and when we go to him as in humility, as sinners, uh, in the sacrament of penance and reconciliation and say, we're sorry and we, we amend <laughs> to reform our lives and, and, and to, to help us be better Christians. Um, so uh, if you haven't been in confession for a while, go back, please. Uh, keep going. Uh, and if you're involved with the social justice work, stay close to those sacraments because you will see the fruit of, of that bear out in your, your social activity. Thank you so much, Elmar. You're welcome. You've been listening to Regnum Novum, bringing forth the new evangelization through Catholic social teaching with Deacon Omar Gutierrez. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit DiscerningHearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for Regnum Novum, bringing forth the new evangelization through Catholic social teaching with Deacon Omar Gutierrez.